if you would, open up your Bibles this morning to Deuteronomy chapter number 30 and verse number 19. The Bible says, I call as heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying the voice of the Lord your God, and holding fast unto him. For he is your life and your length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your forefathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Well, this morning as we begin, we are having a child dedication service this morning, so we are excited about that. Some of you did pre-register to have your children dedicated, but I know some of you, because this always happens, um, during the midst of the sermon, God will begin to work on your life and say, you know, I really feel that I need to dedicate my child this morning as well. Well, we do have, you are able to do that. This is not such a legalistic thing that, oh, I didn't pre-register, so I can't. So if God is calling you to do that towards the end of service, when we dismiss parents out to go get their kids, slide on out and go get your kids as well and just come over here and line up on this far wall because there is nothing more important, I believe, in the process of starting a revolution, and if it's your first time here, last week we talked about having a revolution, then starting it in your own household. Starting it in your own household. A lot of people say, I'm going to start a revolution, and I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to be on fire. No, it does you no good to try and go to work and be on fire if you're not on fire at home. If you are not on fire with your wife and your kids, you are going to burn out at work. It's not going to happen. And so this morning as we begin and we talk about this scripture and the Bible says today I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and a curse. Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live. So parents, as we start this morning, the Bible says when you choose life, not just you as living, but it's making your children have the ability to live as well also. And so, parents, when you begin to choose life, you're automatically imparting life into the life of your kids. And I loved what we did this past Wednesday night when we had Cyber Wednesday. And if you missed it, it's online. You can watch the video online. You can get the audio online. But it is an amazing time of how we have realized that the attack on this generation is supersedes any in the past generations that we've ever experienced. And so if we're going to be parents, if we're going to be people that want to see our kids grow up and flourish and be kids that give life and breed life and have life into this world, it's going to start not with them. It's going to start with us. It's going to start with us making a difference, making a change. And there are three terms that I want us to talk about this morning as we begin. Everybody say dedication, sacrifice, and faith. Dedication, sacrifice, and faith. And the title of this morning's message is Cool Dads and Super Moms. Cool Dads and Super Moms. And Cool Dads and Super Moms have all these three qualities. They have dedication, they have sacrifice, and they have faith. But the Bible didn't really call us to be cool dads and super moms. They called us to be godly dads and spiritual moms. Amen. But many times in this generation, in the world we live in, we're worried about being cool dads and super moms rather than godly dads and spiritual moms. But the funny thing about those four names are they exude the exact same qualities. Cool dads and super moms exude dedication, sacrifice, and faith. Godly dads and spiritual moms exude dedication, sacrifice, and faith. The issue is, it's how they're directed. How do you direct your dedication, your sacrifice, and your faith when it comes to your child? And I want to read this right here. Cool dads and stupor moms will stick by their child in hell or high water. 
godly dads and spiritual moms will be there to bring their child out out as they go through hell and high water. Let me explain to you the difference. The difference is we have parents all over the place, and I'm not picking on our church, this is rampant in this generation, that say, my kid is really a good kid, but... Have you ever heard that? It's like everybody sees the, the, the facts about your kids, except he's really a good kid or she's really a good girl, but... And you will defend that child in hell and high water. The problem is you're sinking right along with them. See, a godly dad and a spiritual mom will not defend them in hell and high water. They'll recognize when they are going through hell and high water, grab them by the arms, and begin to walk them out in a process of godly living. And the biggest thing that we have learned as parents is you are, not long, you are no longer called to be your kid's best friend. You're called to be their parent. You're called to be their spiritual mentor and example. There should be no greater joy in a parent's life than when you lead your child to the Lord. Come on, I need amens all across the sanctuary on that one. Come on. It shouldn't be the job of the church staff to lead your kid to the Lord. It should be the job of the church staff to help you disciple your kid in the Lord, yes. But you should be living and exuding the qualities of a godly dad and a spiritual mom in such a way at home that they recognize the difference between you and the world at such a young age that you get the opportunity to tell them about Jesus Christ in ways that a pastor never could, in a way that children's church curriculum could never do it, in a way that the best program that a church could initiate could never even touch the example that you're setting for your kid at the house. And the Bible goes on to say this. The Bible says, no good tree can bear bad fruit. No good tree can bear bad fruit. So parents, I want to talk to you just for a minute about if your kid is producing bad fruit, what does that mean? Don't, don't answer. You're okay. I think it's setting in. We're okay. It should cause alarm not for you to be upset with your kids but for you to be upset with yourself. For you to begin to place responsibility where responsibility is due, and that is on yourself. If my sons, four and three years old, are acting up and acting like heathens and running around and doing stuff that three and four-year-olds do, I take responsibility for it. And parents, it is your opportunity to find out in this process how your kids function and how your kids click. Okay? Every child is different. I have two sons. I have one that if you look at wrong, he bursts out in the tears. I have one that if you look at just the right way, he laughs in your face. I handle them completely different. Right? Because they're individuals. There are standards set in our household that if they get broken, Discipline happens, and it takes place. Because me and my wife ultimately know that the child that we have in our household is not ours, it's God's. And it is God's kid that he put in our life, and he said, I see that you should be faithful stewards over these two young men. It is your job, Joel, not to pastor them, not to preach at them, not to be this uh, uh, pastor of a church in their life. It is your job to be dad. Right. 
And it is your job to set an example that they want to follow because they see supernatural things taking place. And so as we begin to move forward in this process, as parents, and you begin to dedicate your child to the Lord, see, the thing about it is, it sounds great, it's child dedication. No, it's really parent dedication. It's really you saying, I'm going to rise up and train up my child in the way they should go. I love that verse of scripture, and so many people love to quote that verse of scripture when your kids are actually absolutely heathens running around in the world. Train up a child in the way they should go. But one thing that I just realized the past week in discussions with some staff members is training doesn't take place at church. If you are training to run a marathon, how many hours a week do you run before the marathon gets here? And Lord help y'all if y'all are running marathons. I'm, I'm just saying. I do a lot of crazy stuff, but that, that supersedes. And so guys, in this process, training doesn't happen sporadically. Training is a disciplined process that you go through with your kids to bring them up in the way they should go. Well, some of y'all are saying, well, I don't even know where to start. I don't even have a clue where to start. I don't even know how to begin to train up my kids because, Pastor, I was never trained up. I just came to church, and I got born again a few years back, and my lifestyle before that was horrible. I don't even know where to begin. Well, the Bible talks very specifically about certain things, about how to train up your child. In fact, and if you'll read Deuteronomy, the Bible says when you walk down the street, talk about the Word of God. When you're doing this, talk about the Word of God. When you're doing this other activity, you talk about the Word of God. When you're doing these activities, you talk about the Word of God and find out how it applies to their life. And so this morning, I want you to understand that if you're going to dedicate your child, it's really not your child that you're dedicating. It's you dedicating to raise your child in such a fashion that God will begin to pour out his spirit on your household. And this child, and the child that God's blessed you with, begins to know the spirit of God at a young age. I'll never forget the story in the Old Testament of the, of the prophet Samuel. When his mother, after years and years of being barren, finally gave birth and she dedicated her child to the Lord and she brought him to the priest, Eli, and he gave, she gave him to the priest, Eli. Don't be running up here and giving me your kids, okay? That's not the moral of the story. She gave him to the priest, Eli, and at a young age, the priest began to teach him how to hear the voice of the Lord. And even at a young age, the young child was sleeping one night and the, and the voice of the Lord came to him and he woke up and he ran into Eli's room and he said, you called me, here I am. And he said, I did not call you. Go back to bed. How many of y'all ever had those situations? Go back to bed. And then it happened again a little bit later. And so he ran, woke up and he ran into Eli's room and he called him. And he said, I never called you. Go back to bed. And then it happened a third time and he came into Eli's room. And Eli told him, finally, the next time you hear the voice, answer like this. Yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Your voice should sound so much like the voice of God's that your children need you to tell them who the difference is. Let me say that again. Your voice as a parent should sound so much like the voice of God that it's you who says, ask God to speak to you because it wasn't me calling you that time. God wants to speak to your kids and it's your dedication to the Lord that's going to make that happen. Let's talk about sacrifice just for a minute sacrifice cool dads and super moms will give up everything for their child but godly dads and spiritual moms will become everything for their child 
The biggest issue that we see in the world today, the biggest problem that we face in the world today, is we have parents giving up everything for the sake of their child instead of you hearing the voice of God and becoming everything so your child has a role model to follow after. See, the Bible says this in Romans chapter number 11. It says the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. They are without repentance. That means when he gives it to you, he's not taking them back. And the biggest disservice I could ever do to my kids is to quit my profession and to quit what God's called me to do and to quit the calling of God on my life and give up everything I have for them. See, the difference is I realize that if my children are ever going to be all that God has called them to be, me and my wife need to step up and become all that God has ever called us to be. We need to become everything that our children need to see in this life. We need to teach them how to dream. Parents, if you've given up on dreams, it's time for you to start dreaming again. Parents, if you've stopped doing dreams because your kids are involved in something, it's time for you to start dreaming again and let them know that all things are possible when you start believing in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage parents in this room this morning to begin to dream again. To begin to have a passion for something again. To begin to have a purpose in life again. To begin to have a drive and a focus for something greater than yourself like never before. Because when your kids start seeing passion, focus, drive, energy, they're going to aspire to be like you. But when they see parents and they look into your eyes and they see death, and they're bored out of their mind because you've never shown what passion is, they're going to look somewhere else to a role model. They will look to the mega superstar athlete who has passion because people are attracted to passion. They will look somewhere and find purpose, whether it's a good purpose or a bad purpose. They'll find purpose. They will begin to dream. The problem is many kids' dreams end up becoming a nightmare because parents gave up on their dreams a long time ago. We have a term that is used in this generation. It's called soccer moms. Soccer moms, you know the term. You hear about it all the time. And they've given up everything. And they're chauffeurs for their kids from one sporting event to the next band trip to the next, to the next day out to the next field trip. And they've given up everything about their life until they literally are known as simply a generic term called soccer mom and they have no purpose. Parents, the day you have become your kid's chauffeur is the day you died. God didn't call you to be your kid's chauffeur from sporting event to sporting event, from band trip to band trip. God called you to be the leader of your household. He called you to lead with passion, to lead with purpose, and to dream in front of your kids. And parents, I want you to understand something. A dream doesn't have to be you going back to college right now. But maybe there's something you would like to do. Maybe there's a hobby that you've never really taken up that you're kind of interested in. Begin to talk about those things. Begin to do them. Because if you will never take a step of faith in front of your kids, how do you expect your kids to take a step of faith out in the world? We cannot give up on who God has called us to be. Because when we realize who God has called us to be, our kids will experience life on a whole new level. Our kids will experience passion and purpose and begin to live. The greatest thing I have ever seen 
uh, in ministry has just happened this past couple months. As I have seen fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, mothers and sons, and fathers and daughters quit work for a week and take their kids halfway around the world on a step of faith. They're leaving this week. I see moms and daughters, I mean, third and fourth grade kids. Woo. I always told my wife, as soon as Caleb turns four, I'm taking him all around the world with me. I realize four is a little young for that still. <laughs> I, I mean, but I do know this, that when I look into the eyes of the kids that are up here, when I look into their eyes and they know they're going halfway around the world, not halfway around the world, but halfway around this hemisphere to a foreign country to change somebody else's life, do you see the life in those kids? I've seen mothers and sons start doing fundraisers together on purpose. They're spending time with one another on purpose because their life now has purpose. And you don't have to go on a foreign mission trip to make that happen. There's plenty of opportunities right here in your life to start living with passion. Dads, you like to run? You got a fifth grade son? Take him running. See what happens. Moms, you like to cook? You got a daughter? Teach them to cook. Just involve them and give them life. The biggest issue we have with this generation is we thought we were doing right by giving up everything for our kids. And we've sacrificed and we've given up everything for our kids when the fact of the matter is you quit living and now we're trying to live through them because we've lost our purpose. Parents, get a purpose. Get a passion. Get the promises of God active in your life once again. Watch how God begins to transform your parenting skills because now you have reason to live. Let's talk about faith for just a minute. Cool dads and super moms have faith in their child. Godly dads and spiritual moms have faith in God that he can make something of their child. Lord Jesus, I have two sons. I don't have a chance but to have faith in God for him to make something of them kids. Especially if they're going to end up being over 5'8 on a good day. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, if my kids are going to become something amazing in this world, it's going to be because I have faith in God, not faith in them. It's going to be because I put my trust in God and because God said Caleb and Aaron are fearfully and wonderfully made, then now I can say they're fearfully and wonderfully made because God said he's got great and mighty plans for them. I can say he's got great and mighty plans for them because God said the blood of Jesus covers them and the angels of God surround them and that they're mighty on this earth. I can now look at my sons with confidence and say, you are covered in the blood of Jesus and God has mighty plans for your life like never before. But I can't have faith in my kids. I've got to have faith in my God who can change my kids. I've got to have faith in my God who can keep my kids. I've got to have faith in my God who can hold my kids closer than I ever could. I've got to have faith in my God, not faith in my kids. And the biggest decision I've ever decided to make is to say out loud in front of my kids that I have faith in God that he can make something mighty of their life that he can change their life, 
that what the world has said about them and what the world has said about what they could possibly become and their generation and everything that they're going to go through, I still have faith that my God is bigger, my God has stronger potential and better possibilities than the world could ever have for them. And because I have faith in God, I can look at my kids with confidence and begin to declare what God has said about them. And you'll hear me say this probably until my kids have their own kids years down the road. But parents, don't let a day go by without you speaking the word of God into your kid's life, the promises of God into your kid's life. Every night before my kids go to bed, I sit with them on their bed. I used to do it when I was brushing their teeth so they couldn't talk back, you know. And I'd speak a blessing over their life. Now that they're getting older and we're trying to teach them how to sit and be still, we're working on it. It's a, it's a task. We're trying to teach them to sit and be still. I'll sit on the edge of their bed and I'll have Caleb on this leg and Aaron on this leg and I'll hold them. And I'll say, now boys, look at me. And they'll look away and do everything else. And I'll say, no, look at me. Daddy's being serious for a moment. At home, there's not much serious time with daddy. And I'll look them in their eyes and I'll say, listen, daddy loves you always and forever no matter what. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has great and mighty plans for you. You will be mighty upon this earth. The blood of Jesus covers you. The angels of God surround you, and you are a leader among this generation. No weapon formed against you can prosper, and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And I'll say amen, and I'll say amen. And the next thing is, Daddy, can we play on you? (laughs) But they're getting the word of God. And I can't look at their little faces and say that because I have faith in them. I can look at their little faces and say that because I got a faith in a God who is so much bigger than the circumstances of this, of this world. I got faith in a God who can still divide seas, who can still walk on water, who can still do the miraculous. And if he can do the miraculous then, he can do it now with my boys. And if my kids are going to raise, be raised up and be godly men in this generation, that's a miracle with everything that's going on. So I have no choice but as a parent to redirect my faith, redirect it to a God who still saves, heals, and delivers, redirect it to a God that the Bible says, have faith in God. And then you can say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. See, parents, we've had dedication, we've had sacrifice, and we've had faith, but many times we've had a misdirected. This morning, as we begin to dedicate our children to the Lord, let's redirect our faith. Let's redirect our sacrifice. Let's redirect where we've dedicated our life and let's bring our kids up in the way that they should go. This morning, some of you are sitting here and you're saying, Pastor, that would be great, but how do I bring my kids up in the Lord when I don't even know the Lord myself? If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, I want to say welcome to the greatest day of your life. Welcome to the opportunity for you to step forth with a spirit of faith in God that says, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe what he did on the cross of Calvary and how he died for my sins. But more than that, I believe in the life that he gives when God raised him again from the dead. See, the death of Jesus Christ was for the covering of your sins so you could be forgiven, so you could go before God. But see, God didn't leave Jesus dead. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead three days later because when he raised Jesus from the dead, it wasn't just so you could be forgiven. It was so you could have life and have life in abundance to the full till it overflows And watch how God can use you in this world. The scripture I started out with this morning, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, 19, Today I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. So choose life. God God wasn't pulling punches. He wanted to make it easy. He gave you the answer. He said, choose life this morning so that you and your children 
can live. Parents, I'm going to ask you this morning, would you begin to choose life here in just a minute? Would you begin to choose life, number one, by making Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Number two, would you choose life by some of you as parents saying, hey, I realize my dedication, my sacrifice, and my faith has been misdirected. I'm going to choose life this morning. I'm going to redirect. I'm going to see my kids through tough times. I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to make sure I'm being real with your sacrifice. You're not giving up on your dreams and your desires. You're going to begin to live in front of your kids like never before. And you're not going to misdirect your faith. You're going to have faith in a God, not faith in a child. See, the Bible says have faith like a child, not necessarily have faith in a child. This morning, some of you need life like never before. And so I want to encourage you in just a minute to come and get life and let us pray with you. Some of you this morning just realize that, hey, I've messed up a lot raising my kids. I haven't done everything perfect, good, no parent ever has. But it's not too late to start training them. It's not too late to implement standards and it's not too late to change who you are. So I want to give you the opportunity in just a minute to come pray on your own or pray with one of us who will be up here. Some of you may just want to pray the blood of Jesus and the covering of God over your family and to come to the communion table of God this morning and pray over them. Whatever your situation may be this morning, don't leave here today and choose anything other than life and what God has for you.